0: Look at 1 Corinthians tonight. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. For our text this evening, we're going to read the first eight verses of 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. And uh, I certainly am looking forward to what the Bible has for us this evening and reflecting on a wonderful day, Uh, not just a wonderful day, but a wonderful year. And I'm so excited about the opportunity that lies ahead of us as a church. And so uh, tonight I want to bring a message that certainly I believe will be a help to us uh, collectively, but certainly individually, and uh, it will remind us to keep our eyes uh, focused on the work that God has for us to do. Uh, do you realize if you're, you're saved tonight, or you on your way to heaven? <clears throat> the reason why God hasn't already taken us home is because He left us here because there's still something for us to do. And we're, we should be reminded of that. And so, First uh, Corinthians chapter number 14, let's look at verse number 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Now hold on, I'm going to deal with some of this in just a moment. Uh, Even that part that gets taken out of context. Well, an unknown tongue that's unto God. I'll explain that in just a moment. Uh, Verse number 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. It's key. Verse number 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, harp. except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle. There's much in this passage of Scripture, and but I want to look at this passage of Scripture from a certain angle this evening, and I'm going to preach on the subject of the spiritual gift all Christians should desire. The spiritual gift that all Christians should desire. And I'll tell you before I pray, it's not speaking in an unknown tongue. It's not seeing visions and, and no, those kind of things. But there is something that every Christian ought to desire, and quite frankly, as a, as a church collectively, uh, it is the difference, it is, it is one of the differences in whether or not we will be, be able to fulfill everything it is that God has for us to do as a church. And so let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we thank you for a uh, great day already. We thank you for the Word of God. Uh, we thank you for <clears throat> the opportunity we have uh, not just to open it tonight and not just to possess it, not just to read it. Uh, but to hear it preached to us this evening. Now, Father, I pray that we would allow uh, the Spirit of God to use Your Word uh, to strengthen us this evening in areas where we need to be convicted, May we be convicted. Uh, But, Father, build us tonight uh, so that we can do more for You. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, This is, as I've already alluded to, an often misinterpreted passage of Scripture. There are many false teachings and false doctrines, and they derived from an, an, an improper interpretation of Scripture. Uh, but as we read this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul obviously is addressing some things, but there's some key things that I want us to keep in mind as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Verse number 1 tells us to follow after charity and to desire spiritual gifts. Uh, now, it's important for us to understand what 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 is all about. It's all about charity, and uh, that's a great passage for us to be reminded of. It's a great checklist uh, for us to try and live by charity evidence in our life. We're to follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. We should have the right kind of desires, and the the desire that that, that this passage admonishes us us to have is a desire to have a spiritual gift And we'll clarify this in just a few moments, not to draw attention to us, but so that we can do a work for the Lord. Uh, I want to be better equipped so that I can serve my Savior in a greater way. I want God to empower me, give me abilities uh, that I can, or use my abilities so that I can do a work for Him. I'm afraid many times in the church, uh, we put a focus on something that we want that's that's spectacular, but we need to just be about our business, doing what it is that God has commanded us to do. But he he reminds them there's some things to follow after, things to desire. Uh, Bear in mind that after uh, Pentecost, um, there were, and with that great miracle that God did, You remember Peter preached after they were empowered, after they spent time getting empowered, after Jesus ascended into heaven. And there was that time when all those from different nations, and he preached, and every man heard him in their own tongue. He preached in his language, in his tongue, and every man that was of a different language heard heard as if he was speaking in their language. This was a miracle, obviously, that God had done. Now, just like in things that take place in this day, no doubt there were some that tried to mirror or mimic that miracle. And, I t- and the devil, something remember, has a counterfeit for everything that God does. There is the Holy Spirit, there is the leading of the Spirit, but there's also seducing spirits. It is a counterfeit. That sounds like a good book, Satan's Counterfeits, coming soon to you. Uh, it's a, it's a, that uh, he has a counterfeit. Uh, to everything that God has. And certainly there were those who got their focus off of what God did through that miracle in trying to replicate the miracle uh, because it would draw attention to to themselves. What Paul is not saying here is that there are gifts that others do not have in the sense that it would draw attention to themselves. The modern tongues movement is, is not of God. I'm not going to spend a lot of time of dissecting all of this, but those that say, well, we've got the gift, and we've got, uh, we've got, we've got, we've got all the Spirit now. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit that you're going to get. That's all you're going to get, and it's enough, by the way. Uh, it's enough. You're not going to get something outside of the Scripture. The, 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 the tongues movement of the day is not of God. You say, Pastor, I've seen some of that, and they, they, are, they are under the Spirit. They're under a Spirit, but they're not under the power of the Spirit. It is not authored by God, and therefore, we can deduce who it is authored by. It is, it is not of God, and what took place at Pentecost has nothing to do with some unknown tongue that nobody knows what you're saying. Every man heard in his own language. That is not what the, 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 the false teaching the heretical teaching, uh, the false doctrine, uh, all, 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 that, that satanic doctrine, that is not what is taking place in the Scripture. But the fact that Paul is addressing it means it needs to be addressed. means that in this time there are some who got their eyes focused off what they should have been focused on, and they focus, begin to focus on something else. And there were some, no doubt, that tried to take advantage after what God did. I've already said it. Satan has a counterfeit of everything i'm certain there were some sincere christians who said man i really want to do something for god that i need to be able to do but paul brings their focus and their attention to what they ought to be focused on it is clear if you look with me in verse number 5 what paul is speaking of when he speaks of that the, the tongues and the unknown tongues i would that she all spake with tongues but rather that she prophesied Instead of focusing on someone speaking an unknown tongue, I really, you prophesy. And I'm going to define that word prophesy in just a moment. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret. that's what Paul is speaking of. I have been in services when tongues were spoken for the glory of God. Hey, Pastor, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying it's not. No, let me tell you, in the context of verse number five, I've had the privilege to speak in Spanish-speaking countries. I do not know Spanish. I know taco, burrito, hola, aloha. I mean, I know all kinds of Spanish words. I mean, I, 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 mean I, I know a little bit. And so I've had the privilege in many different countries to stand before those people, and they don't know English. I don't know Spanish, and preached to them the word of God. And they understood what I was saying, because there was somebody who could speak in the English tongue, and the Spanish tongue, and took what I said in the English tongue, and they translated it into the language that the people would understand. Now, at Pentecost, God bypassed the interpreter. And the Spirit of God did a miracle, and He was the interpreter. But in the day we live in today, God has chosen not to replicate that in where everybody in that, in that setting can understand, but God allows to speak through. That is what He is speaking of in, in, in this context, in this situation. Now, I can tell you, I wish that I could speak in a different language. Every time I have the privilege to go to one of these countries, I'm, I, I, I wish I could speak in Spanish so that I could just speak directly to them. But God has not given me that opportunity or that ability, so therefore I take advantage of what I have at my disposal. I have an interpreter to preach the truths of God, because that's what's more important than what the Bible says, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, I could go to one of these Spanish-speaking countries and I could go there and just let them gawk at the white man and look at the gringo and look and point and laugh and ha-ha-ha and all the things that I say, do you ask what they're laughing at? No, I've learned as best just, just, just just not to ask. But for me to go and be a novelty, if you will, as an American who comes to their country, what good does it do God's church? What good does it do God's people? Nothing. So therefore... We use an interpreter. Why? So the church can be edified. I hope this makes sense. But as we look at this, he's not just reminding them that these unknown tongues, it, exactly what it is, it is, it is <coughs> we should be looking for ways to help the church. We come back to verse number one, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. There's instruction. You got to follow after charity. You ought to want to be a person of charity. There's no coincidence that this comes after his writing in chapter number 13. And desire spiritual gifts. I trust that tonight every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church, every child of God has a desire for a spiritual gift for ways that they can serve through the church. That's why God enables us so that his church, you say, well, I just believe that, that one day we're all going to be there. No, no, God, it's God, it's Bible for Christians to serve Him through the church. That's why it's important if you have a church, and you do, that preaches the Word of God, and Christ is the cornerstone, it's important that you allow yourself to be edified so you can serve through the church. That is why we're here. That's the responsibility. So as a Christian, I should be looking for ways that I can serve God through His church in fulfilling the mission of the church, which is to evangelize the world. He says, desire spiritual gifts. Why? Look at verse number one. But rather that ye may prophesy. You should follow charity and you should desire spiritual gifts. Why? So you can prophesy. Well, Pastor, you, I got to get the unknown tongues We have the gift of prophecy. Okay, let me define prophesy. That word prophesy simply means to teach or instruct. It is better for you To desire, follow charity, desire spiritual gifts. Why? So that you can teach or instruct. What do we teach? The Bible. What are we instructing? The Bible. That is the purpose. And Paul is teaching that everybody ought to have a desire to edify the church. Well, if I had this great spiritual gift, then I could really do something for the church. Paul says, no, 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 you ought to desire the spiritual gift. Why? So you can prophesy So you can teach, so you can instruct. We need to take our mind off of the sensational and keep put it on what God says that we ought to do as His children and as His church. God is the God of miracle. We're reminded of that again this morning. He's still doing miracles in 2021. He's going to do miracles again in 2022. We ought to leave God's business to God and just be faithful and obedient to do what God has instructed us to do as His church. And God says it through his word, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. wise, So that you can teach. So that you can instruct. Now, I've laid a lot of background because whenever I, I, you, you, you read this passage, it's, I think it's important in this day we live in, 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 in the day of this, this, this the, the, the charismatic movement and, and all that error and all of that, that false teaching and doctrine, quite frankly, it, 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 is, it is of Satan, it is of the devil. It's important that when I mention this to clarify what it's not talking about. But I've laid that foundation because I want to put my focus on that this spiritual gift, if you will, tonight, that every Christian ought to have a desire. Paul is already speaking to the church, you be, it's better for you to all prophesy, instruct, or teach than to be able to do what took place at Pentecost. That's a miracle that God did, but as His, in, 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 but as His church, we can all have a part in prophesying. That doesn't mean you get a gift, and it's a gift of prophecy. I can tell what's going to happen in the future. I can tell what's going to take place. And, oh, God spoke to me and told me this is going to take That is not Bible either. You say, if the Spirit is leading you, it's not the Holy Spirit because we ought to desire a gift in order to teach and instruct so that, it is said two or three times, and we'll touch on it again, the church can be edified. Now, with all of that as our foundation this evening, I want to get to what I really want to cover in the message when it comes to that prophesying, that teaching, that instructing. It is important that, so aren't you thankful that somebody taught us? Or somebody is teaching us what the Bible says? We ought to be very thankful for that. We ought to be very grateful for that. We have an instruction to tell the, teach the world, preach to the world, instruct the world of how to have salvation. But after salvation, we must teach and we must instruct what we are as a Christian are supposed to do. That is edifying the church. That's edifying that Christian, in doing so, it's edifying. The church. So how are they going to learn if those that are saved, those that are in the church, are not teaching and not edifying? Let me give you four statements this evening. To prophesy, number one, which is to teach, which is is to instruct. And by the way, the gift of prophecy, God, the Old Testament prophets were prophesying what was to come. This is our prophecy. It's, it's, it's speaking of what God has already said. What's going to happen in the end times? God's already told us what's going to happen in the end times. And to have the gift of prophecy, teaching, and instruction is to teach what God has already said. As a preacher, I prophesy. What am I doing? I am teaching the Word of God. I'm discerning what God has already said with the times that we live in today. That is the gift of Prophecy. That, he will, that God will empower, enable a preacher of the gospel, a pastor to do, is that gift of prophecy. So prophesy is teaching, instructing. Number one, let me just give it to you again. The, to, to prophesy, to teach, instruct, is to understand the, the Christian's role in the church. Let me say that again. To prophesy, to give that teaching, instruction, is to understand the Christian's role in the church. Certainly, the pastor is to preach the gospel. Is to preach the word of God, and when doing so, he's teaching, he's instructing, he's prophesying, Uh, but not should Paul is not writing. He's not sending this letter to a pastors' conference. He's not sending this letter to just a group of preachers. This is to the church at Corinth, the church which consists of pastors, which but also consists of members of Christians. He's telling them, don't don't worry, the spiritual gift that you ought to focus on, that you ought to desire. They say, I'd just rather you just get down to prophesying, to teaching, instructing. That is the role. Certainly, the pastor has that role. But this morning, there were Sunday school classes that were taught, and there were Sunday school teachers that stood in them, and they were teaching. It was more important that there's four-year-olds and five-year-olds and six-year-olds, all the way up to our adult classes were taught the Word of God, taught what the Bible says, that it is for somebody to have some sensational gift that, that they can see, that, that the people can look at them and say, look, what no, it's important that we teach and we instruct. It's always been this way, but especially in the day we live in, there's so much access to false teaching, false doctrine. It comes to the television. It comes to your phone. It comes to your email. It's in every place you look. It's important that we teach. But not only in the context of a Sunday school class, and by the way, In the future, I'm I'm, I'm really teaching this tonight more than preaching this tonight. In the the future, as we uh, get our Sunday school ministry back to where we want to be because of space and all these things, more and more people have got to be willing to say, I have a desire for spiritual gifts. I have a desire to serve. I want to teach somebody. I want to teach somebody the Word of God. I want to teach somebody what the Bible says. Not just in a context of a class or teaching, but also... uh, Teach converts, new Christians. Well, so-and-so got to say, pastors got to teach them. Well, if you get them to the Sunday school class that I teach, I'll teach them. You get them to Sunday morning church, certainly as I preach, I'll teach them. Sunday night, as I preach, I teach them. Wednesday night Bible study, I'll preach them. I'll preach them, and I'll teach them too. But you think about it when you were a new convert, you didn't understand everything that was preached from the pulpit. And somebody took an interest in helping you discern by the help of the Spirit of God what the Bible has said. And as we win people to Christ, and I praise the Lord for the number of people that God allows us to win to Christ, somebody's got to decide, instead of saying, well, I want to serve in this way, I want to serve in this way, I want to serve in this way, it is a scriptural thing, it is a vital thing, it is something needed in our churches today to build the church for somebody to say, hey, I, I'll befriend you, I will, I will help you, if you have a question, let me teach you what the Bible says. That's a new convert. Parents need to make sure that their children are taught. You can teach your children what the Bible says. You can teach another Christian. Say, Pastor, what, what should we do? It gonna, we just sit them down. We, sometimes it's good. To, it's good to explain something to them, but sometimes you teach by your example. You know, it's somebody starts coming to church and. For, for somebody who's never been saved, and they get saved, it's, it's different. Many times, people who've been saved they have never grown up in church. It's amazing. I was talking to my dad today. I took him to lunch today, and I was talking to him about people I've been privileged to win to Christ over the last couple of weeks. And so many of them have never—they ha- don't have a church background. This is foreign to the way I grew up. And they have no—I'd rather them have that than false doctrine, being doctorated with that. But having to explain to them and, and getting that foundation and explain to them— and teach them, but they start coming to church, and then the great, a great teaching tool for them is to be around other Christians and other members, and them to say, well, I'll see you tonight. You mean you come back on Sunday night? Well, yeah, I'm coming back on Sunday night. I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, I'll see you on Wednesday night. You mean I'm supposed to come back on Wednesday night? You do come on Wednesday? Yeah, I'll come back on Wednesday night. That's instruction. That's teaching. Hey, I'm going to go out visiting on Saturday morning. You want to come with me? That's instruction. That's teaching. Well, I've noticed the pastor says this. What does this mean? But in order to have a relationship with somebody, you've actually got to befriend somebody. You've actually got to show up to church without a scowl on your face and not be the last one in and the first one out and actually act like you like the people that you're going to spend eternity with. God help us. That's teaching. That's instructing. It's like oh I wish I could sing and sing and God has blessed our church with unusual talent. Unusual people have that talent, but unusual talent in the field of music. I enjoy it. It gives honor and glory to God. But you can teach somebody. You don't have to have that talent and ability. And Paul says, I would rather you get your focus off of all these things and just prophesy. Just teach. What's hurt our country is you got the Bible out of the public schools. People aren't taught the Word of God. It's our godless society, and we get upset because we, want, we don't want to have a godless society. But they've never been taught the Word of God. Are, and this is a side note. We have more patience on those who've never been taught the Bible than those who give up their Bible. And that's another problem we have. We're more tolerant of those who've given up their Bible than we are with lost people who've never had the Bible taught to them. And that's why it's important for us to teach the Word of God. So everybody, if Paul says, and he's writing to the church, you 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 should prophesy, that leads me me to believe that every Christian, this is something every Christian can do. Every Christian can do this in some capacity. Statement number two is this. To prophesy, again, let me define that, to teach and instruct, is to help the church. Look at verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men, notice what it says, to edification, it builds them, teaching the word of God to another Christian strengthens them, strengthens them. This world, we need, as Christians, we need to be strengthened. It, it's, 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 it's true of anywhere where the Bible is preached and the Bible is taught, if if it's preached and it's taught, and certainly with the power of God on it, as we come, it strengthens us. You, get, you ought to get stronger when you come to church, not weaker. And I think if we're honest, all of us tonight would testify that we're stronger as a Christian when we're in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You're not weaker, you're stronger. And when we're taught the Word of God, and when we teach the Word of God, we help edify somebody. What, what, what is being said here, and I want to remind us of, is that when you as a Christian, you as a, 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 a church member, when you are teaching in some of the contexts that I just just illustrated, whether it be clarifying what a verse of Scripture means, whether it's, this is what a Christian ought to do, what you're doing is you're reinforcing... What the pastor is preaching, you're reinforcing. What the pastor is teaching, you're reinforcing the, the the blueprint of the church. It is edified, edification, and exhortation. It's that encouragement. You know, you may be super Christian, but you still need to be encouraged. You still need to be encouraged. I was thinking, I was reflecting yesterday on several things, and the Lord has been uh, working on, on some things in my own heart, in my own life, and. And I was reflecting on, on some, who, some phone calls that I've gotten this week and from other Christians, and certainly some test, testimony from, from, from some of you uh, sharing some things with me. And I, was, I have not been discouraged. So don't, don't get, I have not been discouraged, but it still encouraged me. We all need encouragement. And the Word of God will encourage us exhortation and comfort. What, what, a, what an applicable verse with the world we live in. You turn on the news, be terrified. You live in this world, there's a lot to be afraid of. There's trouble in this world, disappointment in this world. There's turmoil in this world. Part of the responsibility of a Christian is in our instruction is to comfort. This is what the, let me remind you what the Bible says. Let me remind you what we're supposed to be doing for the Lord. Let me remind you, this down here, it's all passing away. We've got got an eternity to look forward to. And there's no trouble. There's no disputed elections. King Jesus, he is the ruler. King of kings and Lord of lords. There's no recounts or anything like that. He is in charge. Uh, That's something to look forward to. There's comfort in that. This is all temporary. There's comfort in the fact that, that, that Jesus is coming back. To prophesy, to teach and instruct, is to help the church. I trust that you want to help your church. I trust that you want to help the cause of Christ. So let me ask you tonight, who are you instructing? Who are you teaching? And I've already described there's many, many ways that that can be done. It helps the church. Maybe we ought to get our focus, and this is one of those nice, just to help us keep our focus where it ought to be. In, in, In teaching, instructing, and sometimes we feel like we're not doing anything for the cause of Christ, but if you're teaching and you're instructing, you're encouraging, you're exhorting a young Christian, a younger-in-the-faith Christian, you are helping the cause of Christ. You're helping the church. Sometimes we get our eyes and focus on something big and how to do something big for God, and we realize uh, every individual is so important to God that he would put somebody on this planet just to instruct one person. Because that person is that important to God, that person deserves to have somebody prophesy, instruct to prophesy, teach is to help the church. Now, number three, I don't think I'll spend much time on this one. Number three is this is, is very simply it's not about you. It's about the church. Look at verse number four. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. It's blasphemous. It's blasphemous, meaning blasphemy, for an individual to say that I've gotten this unknown tongue by the Spirit of God to draw attention to myself. Hey, I don't mind, and I think we ought to enjoy church. I think when the music is good, the music we have and the spirit that is in it. If it stirs your heart, you know, sometimes it ought to bring a tear to your eye. Sometimes you ought to want to stand and shout. That's okay, but it's never to draw attention to you. God never, the Spirit of God never does that. And it's blasphemy to say the Spirit of God led for all the attention to be on me. Likewise, in the mission of the church, as the church moves forward, It's good for all of us to be reminded, your pastor included, it's not about you. In verse number four, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. What's better, edifying me or edifying the church? Edifying the church. What's better, you edifying yourself or edifying the church? Edifying the church. It's about the church long after we're all gone, we ought to to have a desire for the church to continue on. His church is always going to continue on. But I want the Amanda Baptist church to continue on until Jesus comes back and calls us all home. How do we do that? We keep edifying. How do we edify? We keep prophesying. We keep teaching. And we all have to be reminded, it's not about you. Well, I think the music program might be, it's not about you. Well, I think this policy, it's not about you. Well, this is how I would do it. Yeah, you and I probably, in many things, we probably agree, but this is the way it's done. There's a reason why it's done this way. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the church. It's about the focus of the church. It's about what was what responsible, the responsibility we have as a church. So if we are, we are prophesying and we are teaching, we are instructing somebody else, even if it's our own children, don't disregard that responsibility and opportunity and don't underestimate the importance of it. It is vital. It is important. The Sunday school class, you may have two kids in there. You may have three kids in there. They may come in off the bus route. Don't underestimate that. That's what is important. Well, I've been teaching. I've been instructing. I've been encouraging all these years, and I've never gotten any notoriety. I've never gotten gotten famous off of it. I've never been an Instagram influencer just by being a faithful Sunday school teacher. It's not about that. It's about helping the church. If you and I live and die and we do nothing but help His church, I believe with all of my heart, we'll get a well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because it's about His church. It's not about you. It's about the church. And quite frankly, we all need to have that attitude and spirit. It's about, we say it's about Jesus. So many times we say, well, it's just about Jesus, but we make it about ourselves. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about the church. Then number four, look at me verse number eight. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, okay, there's a spirit over here that's leading to this unknown tongue, and I don't even know what in the world's going on over here, and and this, I got a vision from God, and this, and this, okay. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle. Now, let me give you number four. The church must be edified to do battle. The church is in a spiritual battle. Christian, you are in a spiritual battle. You're either going to help advance his cause, or you're going to become a casualty in the spiritual battle. And this this has failed us so much as Christians. We have kept our eyes on the temporal. It's not about the temporal. It's about the eternal. There's a spiritual battle taking place today. It exists. We as the church have got to be reminded, we are here to engage in spiritual warfare. We are in a battle over the soul's of men we are in spiritual every, every parent understands something the devil wants your children he's not going to stop he wants them he wants to corrupt them He wants to keep their eyes off of the Lord. He he knows the home they're growing up in. He knows the preaching of the Word of God that is done from this pulpit and the foundation we have. And quite frankly, that's why he fights this church so hard and has for so long. He wants the young people of this church. He wants the children of this church. He wants to thwart them from ever getting saved. And if he can't do that once they're saved, he wants to ruin their life. Young people, you listen to me. Those that are sitting here this evening, you understand something. The devil will do anything he can do to get your eyes off of God. He wants to ruin your life and destroy your life. Your mom and dad just aren't too old-fashioned. That pastor just doesn't want you to not have an experienced life. There's a devil. He's real out there, and he wants to destroy you. So you've got to teach your children. It's more important for you to teach your child than for you to be their buddy. Well, if I, if I, if I, if I take a stand on that, it's going to be awfully uncomfortable in the house. Well, I haven't, li- I haven't lived a day in the, my house where I've been uncomfortable. Now, there's been others living in my house at the same time that have been uncomfortable. But we have to teach, we have that responsibility, because the spiritual warfare is real. We win somebody to Christ, they start coming to church, the devil is after them. He's on them. And it's a poor testimony to us, and we need to just refocus tonight, we need to be reminded that you may forget about them, and you may forget to go back and talk to them, or forget to pray for them. The devil hadn't forgot about them. He wants to ruin their life. He wants to weaken the church. He wants to, quite frankly, he wants to get the church's focus off of what it should be focused on. That's why, you know, you do what you want to do in your spare time, but the church's mission is not social justice causes. The church's mission is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus can take care of any problem in anybody's life. Uh, That's the purpose of the church. And if we get our focus off of things that God takes care of, like He's reminding them, God did a miracle at Pentecost. If He wants to replicate that miracle, He can do so. But it ain't going to be about you when He does, or if He does. Why don't you just prophesy? And if everybody is... I've got to have this sensational thing and I've got to get my focus off. Um, The church must be edified to do battle. We must constantly be reminded of truths in the Word of God. We need to be taught the Bible. But you need to teach it. You need to be prophesying to someone. Grandparents, you have an opportunity for your grandchildren to spend some time with you or take an opportunity to instill Bible truth, send them every opportunity you get. Well, my, I'm, I'm fortunate. My grandchildren are here. They have, a, they have, a, or maybe where they're at, they have somebody, they have a good Sunday school teacher. That's okay. Take the opportunity for you to do it. Well, whew, that takes my responsibility out. My children aren't here. My grandchildren aren't here. Well, there's a lot of knuckleheads running around here. Somebody needs to teach them. Okay, would you have an opportunity. I'd take them in there and whoop. Well, that's that's not your place to do that. Why we teach, instruct, be an example. The church must be edified to do battle. I think this is a very key passage of scripture for the local church. Not just because it clarifies and in disputes. It really destroys the teaching, the false teaching of the modern day tongues movement. But I ought to remind us as a church to bring our focus back to what is important is to just doing what it is that God has given me the opportunity to do. God gives you, and in the days, in the days ahead, there's going to be great opportunities, great opportunities for the church, for Christians. To teach a Sunday school class? To teach a bus, to work on a bus route? What opportunity say, oh, it's an hour drive back to their church. Uh, you can sit and you can talk to that bus kid and you can talk about the Sunday school lesson. You can talk about mom and dad, a good thing to do on the way home. The Sunday school lesson I teach in here is the same Sunday school lesson that your kids are being taught. What was the Sunday school lesson about today? Do you know what that means? What, what 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 pastor preach on tonight? I don't remember. Well, you know, the kids, ask your mom, when you go home tonight, ask your parents what the pastor preached on tonight. Uh, well, it's, it's reinforcing, it's teaching, it's edifying. It's edifying. The, the spiritual gift all Christians should desire, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. The church is at war. That's all right, Pastor, those dirty Democrats. That's not what I mean. Satan's in charge of everything. He is the prince in the power of the air. This is his domain. And we have to put our eyes on who the real enemy is. And we have a promise in Scripture that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That reminds me what our focus is, what our target is. What what who the battle is with. Let me encourage, encourage, encourage some of you. Some of you we have, a, we have a large group of young adults, and I'm thankful for that. Many of you may be struggling, and maybe none of you are, but some of you are probably struggling. What does God want me to do with my life? What am I supposed to do? Let me, let me give you some help. I may, this may not be your profession. This may not be what you, know, you end up doing for 30 years for, 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 for a living. But I think you can find somebody to teach. You can find somebody to encourage. Somebody to edify. Somebody to, hey, this is, what, this is what, remember what it was when you first came? You said, man, none of this makes any sense to me. Somebody taught you. The Spirit of God helped you. Let's put our focus on that tonight. Pentecost had to be an amazing thing to witness. 3,000 people were saved, added to the church. Quite an amazing thing. God did a great miracle. But you know, anytime a soul is saved, that's a great miracle. Anytime somebody is, has the word of God enforced taught to them. That's a great thing. I love teaching the Word of God. I love teaching the Bible. I love taking, I believe God is, has, has given me a ministry of, of writing, and, and I've written many books and plan to write many, many more, because I believe that's a form of instruction and in teaching, reinforcing. That's much greater than this trap that we're all falling into today, I want to get on social media and everybody see how great I am. You know, I'm just a, I'm just trying to do my best as a child of God. I'm not perfect, whatever. Who are you teaching? And by the way, let me just give a warning: be careful. You see all these, and oh, this this, 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 this this scripture's good, and they're putting this out. Who are they teaching? And by the way, let me reinforce this: you got a pastor. Thank you for. A child over there. Thank you, Mr. Noah. I appreciate that. You, you, you got a pastor. Uh, you got a Sunday school teacher. Uh, you teach somebody the word of God. And let's build the church. Let's grow the church. Let's strengthen the church. The days ahead, the closer Christ returns, I believe Christ's return is imminent, the more intense the battle is going to be. And it's got to be fought in a spiritual manner. The word of God, having it in our hearts, we may not sin against him, but instructing somebody else. Father, I pray you'll use your